0: Hey everybody, welcome back to 6Pod, your weekly sports podcast hosted by Jacob and Simon. Uh, Merry Christmas to all the listeners. Uh, We hope that you guys are having a a safe um, and uh, a good Christmas thus far and, and happy holidays to all. Jacob, we've got some sports to talk about, and I feel like as the weeks progress, there's going to be more and more to talk about, good and bad. Uh, we've got a little bit of both uh, today, but first, how are you doing? Doing
1: well, man. It's been good to uh, just, you know, relax the past couple of days, be with family, things like that. Um, yeah, man, It's it's been exciting, though, to watch like, not only basketball, but now we've got the World Juniors going on, um, Randy is revving up, so... There's stuff to do now.
0: 100%. And I felt that um, when I was watching the games on Christmas Day, I felt a sense of normalcy in a weird way. I was like, yes, this makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There is games on. This is good. So,
1: And it's also uh, nice to see people like at the NBA games. Like, It's like smaller crowds, and unfortunately, we can't go watch the Raptors, but like, they still have fans there, which is it's nicer to see, Like, hear a little bit of cheering every once in a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, for sure um and yeah jacob uh do you want to tell the listeners uh we've made some uh equipment upgrades and uh you guys will be hearing that over the next couple of uh episodes we are uh, upgrading our uh, our recording equipment here just giving the listeners the best possible uh experience yeah that's what we're here for i mean
1: we uh we're upgrading our microphones we're upgrading our uh, software systems so hopefully you guys can uh you know appreciate that and yeah. and notice the difference so. Looking forward to
0: to starting that up. All right, Jacob, do you want me to uh, start off today? Yes, I'm going to start it off. So, as Jacob uh, just mentioned, there is the World Junior um, Championship going on. And uh, for the past couple of episodes, I have not really hid my appreciation and excitement for World Juniors, not only just because it's live hockey again, and that is a void in my heart, but just I love the World Juniors. Um, just as a tournament, it just allows, um, you know, Canada uh, as a country and just usually we are an extremely divided country when it comes to the hockey team that we support. But for this tournament, uh, the entire country kind of roots behind, uh, one team and Canada played, uh, their first game, uh, yesterday, Jacob, and, uh, you and I were talking a little bit about, um, kind of how the game was progressing and my initial thoughts, uh, before, you know or while watching that game last night was i think canada is a really really good team but i don't know how much i can take away from that game yesterday and for those who don't remember or don't know canada beat germany 16 to 2 canada has 19 first round draft picks in its lineup germany had 14 skaters which were decimated by quarantines, COVID, um, their starting goalie was gone. A couple of their top forwards were gone. And it was not a fun game yesterday, uh, Jacob, but you watched a little bit of it. What were your impressions of the team? Like, I want to know from your perspective, like, do you think Canada is really, really good? Or is it just because Germany had no legs, they were playing on it back to back? their team was kind of gone like like what do you think like where's that balance there
1: again so i'm not like i didn't watch the whole game i watched probably first first bit bit of the first period uh, a little bit of the second period but it just wasn't very fun to watch when like when just one team is scoring after like just goal after goal after goal it's just like uh like yeah it's good to get a win like that but um yeah it wasn't very exciting it wasn't like a good uh it was a good testament to how good Canada is yet like I, I don't think you can really say like it's like like you mentioned like all those first round draft picks against like guys who play in these like European leagues and things like that it's just not it's not a good test yet so but that's what we expected and we did what we expected to do so we're on track still don't get me wrong like we are there on track but um I don't think you can say without like a a shadow of a doubt yet that Canada is going to win this thing.
0: You know what I mean? I completely agree. Like, I think both sides knew what was going to happen last night. Um, I think Germany was expecting. And I think that kind of showed a little bit in their game. And I'm not saying that they didn't try. But I'm also saying that like they didn't really battle as hard as I think they maybe could have. Um, But do you think the score could have been like,
1: no. 13 3 and 16. Well, I think 16, two. I think
0: some of the goals that like Canada scored shouldn't have been goals. But there were like yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say ten, where I'm like, okay, yeah, like that's a goal, that's a nice goal. But still to what I just said, like I don't know how much of this is like Canada's just pure talent or Germany's lack of ability and talent and they're tired and etc. etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Yeah. However, Jacob, aside from the score, which again I too felt the way that you felt. I started to feel bad for germany um like when it got like seven eight one i was like hey, yeah this isn't fun anymore like n- the I don't thing want- eh, with with
1: hockey and stuff is like it's, it's it's time-based uh like limit so there's no mercy rule like, well, it's that's, not like-
0: i was i want to ask you about that there is some debate or or contestment or could be in this idea of uh uh, a mercy rule in world juniors and this isn't the first time that there has been a blowout like this like if we go back to 2018 denmark risk canada that was also a really really bad blowout do you think there should be a mercy rule in these international junior uh games or like what do you think like how do you prevent this from happening or do you think it should be prevented at all so let me st- like
1: ask this one question Are from what i believe there is a Like part of the tiebreaker in this tournament is a point differential. Is that correct? There is, yeah. Goal differential for sure. So if there's a goal differential as part of a tiebreaker, you need all the points you're going to get, right? You want the best seed possible going into that playoff round. You're pretty much going to rack up the score, right? So if if they want to prevent games like this happening, then they're going to have to take that out and then add a mercy rule. You know what I mean? But point differentials has for a long time been um, pretty important in determining the seeds and, and, and playoff measures. So like, I don't know, that's a tough spot to be in, but it's either you continue to watch these beat downs
0: or you kind of change the rules of the game, which is not really that easy to do. It's an interesting point you bring up and kind of leads me to my, to my next uh, question or topic that I, I wanted to run by your kind of debate over is that this idea that Canada should have let up yesterday uh, or should have stopped scoring. Um, And I think that's ridiculous. Um, Like there was all of these tweets from boomers basically saying how Canada is so unsportsmanlike and this is ridiculous and et cetera, et cetera. Listen, I get it. It's not fun to watch Germany lose 16 to two. That's not fun. No Canadian player, coach, fan is going to be like, yeah, that was, that's fun to watch. Okay. These literally, these players are literally kids, right? However, like Canada has to develop good habits, just like Germany. Like we have, like, we only have a certain amount of games to get going here. It sucks. I get it. It's not fun, but Canada was showing sportsman sportsmanship yesterday. Like I think at goal seven, they stopped celebrating. Like, like you watched the highlights yesterday and like, they're not, they weren't happy that they scored, but like, and I'm not even joking. Like when it got up to like 13, 14, 15, like these guys looked miserable and like, I I get it. It sucks. But the idea that like Canada should just what skate around circles and like not play the game. Like that's not the like that goes against the integrity of the game goes against the integrity of the tournament and i also think that like these germany players show up you, they don't have to play this is part of the game and if the roles were if the roles were reversed and let's say a sport that germany is dominant in let's say soccer for example right if this happened in soccer there would be no like you know backlash or anger behind it i think it's ridiculous canada has to get going they're not going to just float through a game just because The other team is decimated with COVID. It's an unfortunate situation. However, Canada had to go through a quarantine too. Canada also had to go through an additional quarantine in Red Deer another two weeks. So, like, I don't know, Jacob, what, what, like, how do you feel about this idea that Canada should stop scoring at a certain point? I think that's ridiculous. I can agree with a mercy rule if that's implemented tournament wide. However, the, like, no player nor, nor coach should be like, hey, stop scoring like goals they weren't celebrating hard they weren't like these the candidate team wasn't going nuts but like i don't know i'm it was frustrating to see that yesterday because i'm like this is ridiculous what are your what are your thoughts
1: yeah so um i actually i agree with you i think it's it's almost more disrespectful for a team to stop competing um it's like oh like imagine being on the other team and you're getting beat and you're like this team's just better than us right but then when they take it to a point where they're like just, like, skating around in their end or something like that, like, that that feels even worse, right? Because I remember in baseball, so when you're winning by a lot or losing by a lot, you stop stealing bases, right? But at the same time, if there's a ball that goes way past the catcher, it's at the backstop, you run to the next base, okay? You don't stand there because, it like, we would get in trouble because we'd say you're not competing anymore and you're just, like, you're pretty much showing them up. You're just like, yeah, I'm going to just chill here because this guy's going to, like, whatever hit me home because this picture sucks it's like that's more disrespectful and it's the same way like this this Canada team if they were to skate around on their own end just passing the puck back and forth like man imagine being Germany that would that would infuriate me much more than being scored on over and over again I I think it goes to the integrity of the game right like I think it's the spirit of competition so for sure it's a tournament right it's a tournament you're there to win um, you're not there to show other teams up. You're just there to go in and win. And, and may, well, maybe some people interpret that as showing them up. Um, you got to compete.
0: Like, and that this is a different story at goal 13. And they're like, absolutely like testing the water with a massive celly and like going nuts over their goal. No, man, like these guys were tic-tac-toe like picking sound pockets. Hockey, right yeah. yeah like like they were picking these the 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 goalie's pockets like it was they, they're good they were nice goals but they were just they, were, they weren't celebrating they were trying their best to be sportsmen like i think they did their part they did everything that they could have yesterday and that's all they can do but like seeing it on twitter like oh yeah you know karma's going to come back and get this team. like bro like what like what do you want them to do like i to your point i completely agree that if I was a Germany fan or player, I'd be so more, I'd be more disrespected if the Canada team like just put on a clinic with passing, mm-hmm. right? Like that or just almost skated looked around, more, yeah. like had an open net, like, you know, Yeah, like forget one
1: thing like, I will say though, is that maybe like, I don't know. I didn't watch, like I said, the third like period, but was Canada playing some of their like bottom line players a little more than like, so- were they like, were they weren't
0: rolling their first line? Like, but, like, see, the like, thing is with this team, Sherm, and I'm not trying to sound – if there are any Germany fans listening to this pod, um, I'm not – like, Canada's first line is not really different than their fourth line. As I said, Quentin Byfield, who's the second-round draft pick this past draft, is playing on the third line. Like, you roll any one of those lines, they're nasty. So, in a more, like um, – like front heavy team, then I I guess I could answer that question. But with such a team, like, man, like, as I said, Canada had 19 first round draft picks in their lineup yesterday. You know what I mean? And like the team looked great. As I said from the beginning, I just don't know how much I can take away from that. And I, I, I felt bad for the, like Germany, like, you know, there's Tim Stutzel just like smashing his stick. These guys, like the players look absolutely defeated. It's also something to note though, Jacob, Germany had the option to defer that game to allow more time for them to practice and finish quarantining and stuff. That's also an important note too. But they said no because they knew they would
1: lose out of their way. Be quite well, an not, well, and I think, I think
0: they knew they were going to lose Canada, like to lose to us. Like the thing is like, their important games are like then their next one and then the one after that to get into the quarterfinals they knew that they weren't going to beat uh canada right so they didn't want to defer that because then they wouldn't get that extra practice time for those two important games i think we just got to chalk this up as like hey it's It's like uh, it's an an unfortunate situation
1: where like you have the top talent playing the bottom talent and you're just gonna have games like this regardless of the sport regardless of like
0: you're going to have games like this round robin games are not always the most competitive. Right. And I think we need, I think like fans need to accept that. Like, I think Mm -hmm. instead of like going off at this team for scoring goals and doing their job and doing what they're supposed to do, just accept that. Yeah. Like sometimes there's going to be unfair matchups in all sports, especially at a junior level when Canada as a country is so dominant in hockey, right? Like if this was a world junior soccer Tournament, I'm pretty sure we're not dominating the way that we dominated last night, right? So it's just accepting that and kind of being like, all right, this is part of the tournament, but like, don't rip on the team for doing what they have to do, I guess, right?
1: No, 100%. 100%.
0: Anyways, uh, Canada plays this afternoon. Uh, I think they play against Slovakia. um Hopefully, we take the dub. I don't know. I guess. The more important games, as games go on, uh, we'll know a little bit more about how good this team actually is. If they kind of do what they did last night, it's it's dangerous, Jacob. It's dangerous. Shout
1: out to our uh, Slovakian listeners, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. We've got a huge fan base in Slovakia. Six pod? It's a a well-known podcast. It's well-known there. We'll be there soon. (laughs) Quick tour. All right. What's up uh, next there, Sherm?
1: Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the Raptors performance, and I know it's been two games, um, but there are some things I think we've taken away from those two games. Uh, I just want to quickly talk about those. So um Lashes well, lost their own two right now. They've lost against New Orleans and against the Spurs now. Both not top-tier teams, they're both decent teams. Um, don't get me wrong, like we're losing to the Knicks quite yet, but um, they're teams that are going to be like fringe playoff teams in the West. And while the West is better, um, losing to two fringe playoff teams in a row is not like the ideal start. You want to have your season, right? You want to have a little more confidence, um, especially starting the season when you go facing those guys like the Bucks or the Nets or the uh, Lakers. Like you want to have confidence that you can beat the teams um, that they're also beating, right? I think both of those
0: games were winnable games.
1: Without a doubt, they're a winnable game, Simon. We, we had the lead in both those games for a majority of the first half. So um a couple of things I'm I've noticed that I'm I'm not loving. Um Pascal Siakam as a primary scorer, as our I guess you can say team leader, he had 43 minutes yesterday. So he only sat for five minutes of the game. Um he shot 37% from the field. And like I know he's still developing as a leader and, and as a as a primary scorer. Um he's just not there. And I don't know if I see him being the guy that when you're like, when the Spurs go on a a 10 0 scoring run and we're down five points or something like that, you just need that bucket to get right back into it. I don't think from what I've seen so far, Pascal can be our guy that like puts his head down, gets that bucket. Like we saw Kawhi do. Right. And I know it's not really quite fair to compare him to Kawhi at this point in his career, but I'm just not feeling that same confidence. Um, even from last year, like watching Pascal score, like it's, it's shaky. Like I'm shaky. He doesn't always seem like he's certain as to what he's going to do on the offensive end. And, and when he does, it almost feels like he's made up his mind before he knows how the defense is going to play. him. You know what I
0: mean, Simon? I think that's a great uh, adjective to use Jacob shaky. Mm -hmm. Um, I noticed that in both games um, there were moments of Pascal you know, taking a leadership role and performing well and, and hitting that bucket when we need it. But then there were also moments where I'm like, we needed more there, or we needed to to shut down this, or we needed that push to take that over the edge. And I, I, I agree, Jacob, that comparing Siakam to Kawhi Leonard is not fair at all. However, that's the role that like he needs to fill right we we can't compare the two players because they're not comparable but like that rule needs to be filled and it's not being filled by Siakam with it is or what's happening currently and i think we're noticing that specifically um i don't know if you're getting into this and i'm, I'm sorry if i jumped the gun here but i miss abaka and gasol with respect to communication on the defensive end i noticed several times where um mismatch plays happened uh, guys are like getting left wide open like and especially like late in quarters or or near the end uh, of the fourth when those buckets and we really really need to um, command the play and it's just not happening right now and it's frustrating and I know it's only two games in but like these are systematic like systems issues that I don't know can be fixed by uh, coaching or Uh, Anything like that? Like I question this, like, do you see Siakam growing into a bigger role or getting better or like, is this it?
1: Yeah, so I want to quickly talk about a couple of things you mentioned there. So on the defensive end, yeah, communication wise, we're definitely missing Ibaka, we're definitely missing Gasol because those are two really solid defensive, former defensive player of the years who know their positioning. They know like how to talk to people on the defensive end. They know how to play their man as well. Um, what we're getting in Aaron Baines and Chris Boucher, I'm actually quite impressed with, especially on the offensive end. Um, I want to quickly like say, like I wasn't the biggest fan of Aaron Baines, but he's fulfilling his role. Like he's he's a better player, skill wise, right now than Marcus Hall was. Does he have the intangibles Marcus Hall had? No. Okay.
0: Okay, but Jacob is... Okay, but listen. No, I gotta ask you. What are yeah. you a uh, bigger are you a bigger fan of uh, a Travis Dermott or Aaron Baines currently?
1: Aaron Baines, hundred percent. It's not even close. Chris Boucher in his two games has been, I would say, maybe the brightest spot for the team. So I mean, he had seven blocks yesterday. That's a that's a lot of blocks. Seven blocks, like for a guy who's that flanky and stuff, you expect him to rack up blocks, but he's just he's been outperforming what kind of I expected him to do. And on the offensive end, he's kind of, so far, in two games again, small sample size, taken up kind of the role of Ibaka. He's hitting threes. He shot 75% from three yesterday. Three, That's that's impressive for a guy who, who's a center, right? And and you also look at his his 22 points and 10 rebounds. Like, he's producing, okay? He's not the issue right now. Aaron Baines is not the issue right now. He's putting in 13 points a game, like seven, eight rebounds a game. That's what we expect someone who pays 20 minutes, 20 minutes a game to do. What we're not getting right now is production from Norman Powell. We're doing, eh, like we're kind of, eh, with OG right now. Like he's a solid defender. He's a great guy to have out there, um, but he's not doing anything special really um, on either end, sorry, on the offensive end. And if if the leader Pascal is not doing his job, you need these other secondary tertiary guys to step up their part. And that's not what they're doing either. So all these things kind of mixed together with missing that defensive communication, missing that that primary scorer who's going to get you a bucket in like a really big crunch time. And those, and those like second, third string guys who are going to come in and give you that extra push. You need um, that third and fourth quarter. We're just missing those three things right now. And that's something the Raptors have actually in the past been really good with. So if we're expected to have success this year, we need at least two of those three things to start working.
0: Uh, Just before we move on, Jacob, I just want to ask you about uh, Fred Van Vliet and his season thus far and kind of where you're seeing that from my perspective, um, He's not not performing, but at the same time, that contract extension and the AAV clearly indicates that like, we need more from him. I think personally, where are you at?
1: Yeah. So his first game was really shaky. Okay. So three of 12 shooting with nine points tough, but yesterday we saw what we saw yesterday. If we can expect that game in game out something that that contract's worth it yesterday, he had 27 points. 9 assists, um, 5 of 12 from 3. Like, if we're getting that every game from him, we're going to be okay. So, Just I don't think the problem is him quite right? yet. Yeah, consistency. If you can consistently put up numbers similar to that, we're going to be fine. Lowry was – he was pretty good too last night. Like, we can't complain about Kyle Lowry. Um, I think he had 16 points and, like, 10 assists. So, if we're seeing 34, 35-year-old Lowry doing that, then that's not the issue
0: either. can um, kinda- isn't. Keep yeah. Going. No, and I'm I'm sad watching Kyle Lowry play right now. Why? He's is playing it, fine. But I know the end is near in a way. I don't know. Like, I, like it's the same kind I of thing
1: with LeBron. Mean, is that I, you keep expecting that kind of player to stop playing how they play, but you're watching LeBron dunk still, and you're watching Lowry take charges still. So, I think they're innocent until proven guilty. Simon, like players like this, like until we actually physically see them producing less and slowing down on the court, like. Mm. You got to trust them still
0: to do their role. And that's a, I think that that's something that Lowry preaches on, you know, day in and day out, and just the roles and stuff. And he clearly still wants, you know, his role on the team, as you just mentioned, taking charges, trying to dictate play and holding players accountable. And I think that they need to be held accountable with what we're seeing thus far. You know who didn't play at all yesterday? Who? Malachi Flynn. See, Jacob, I want to understand this because he looked good preseason. Is it a contract thing? Is it development? Help me understand this because in hockey terms, he would be playing even on a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs who are super talented, right? I would see Malachi Flynn becoming at least getting some minutes. Like what's the purpose of him being on this team right now? Like is development important? I know there's no G league right now, but like, Like, what's the deal here? Is Nurse, like, not going to play him because of in What? Like, it's almost the same thing with, like, Matt Thomas in the postseason last game or just his inability to, like, switch it up. Like, do you see this becoming a a regular?
1: Uh, No. Like, to be quite honest with you, most NBA teams have their, like, their players. They'll have eight, maybe nine guys that they'll roll out consistently every game. Um, And because you can kind of in different hockey where you're going to have to take shifts off, you're going to have to like change whole lines. Like in basketball, you can just take one player off at a time. Right. Players can play essentially the whole game. Look at Pascal played 43 minutes yesterday. Um, So it allows less room for other guys to step in. Like in a hockey game, you have three forward lines at least. And you're going to use your fourth a couple times a game, too. Right. So that right there is like nine to 12 different players in the the offensive end, defensive end. You're going to get six players playing. So you're getting like 18 players playing each game. Whereas in basketball, you're getting eight or nine players, which makes much less room for um, for like smaller guys, younger guys to kind of get their their shot, their role. And and if a coach already has his his kind of lineups filtered, so like as we look at the Raptors, you got your starting five. So you got Pascal, Lowry, Freddie, uh, OG, and Baines. They're going to play. They're going to start. And they're also going to have Norman come in. They're going to have Thomas come in. And they're going to have Boucher come in every game. So those guys are going to be like playing every game. But besides that, like... They might filter in a couple guys here and there. Like I think they filtered in Dembry a couple times yesterday uh, or Bembry. I heard his name. He got like two points, but they're going to have maybe one or two guys sprinkled in there for like three to five minutes. But other than that, they got their eight guys that they're pretty set and going to play every game.
0: Yeah, It's interesting. Uh I think there is definitely a, a Malachi Flynn hype train and I'm, I've we're got it. He's
1: okay. a six pod favorite here. So yeah. Like, um, we're ready for him.
0: I, I think he's going rookie of the year at this moment. If he okay. continues to get his playing time.
1: If he continues to get his playing time. Yeah. Or yeah.
0: True. Starts playing time. Uh, all right. Are you, uh, are we good? Yeah, go ahead. let's, what's next Sam? Um So Jacob, the the Leafs play hockey soon. And it's exciting. All right, I uh, I got a great Christmas present on uh, on Christmas morning, and it was not John Tavares wrapped under my tree, which I wanted. Um, but uh, Matthews, Nylander, and Joe Thornton are all quarantining together uh, in preparation for the season. I thought that was super cool. Um, what you said is that like he like Thornton like literally looks like Matthews and like Nylander's like dad. Like that's how old thorn is and um it was it's cool to see it was weird at first but uh i uh, i'm down with it and in lieu of this um finding or this upcoming experience that we're all gonna go through i've provided three reasons why i think uh there should be some optimism with the upcoming season and for those who don't know um the leafs need some need some optimism we ended last year uh in the bubble uh technically we didn't even make the playoffs like on paper we did not make the playoffs and so here are three reasons jacob first thing sheldon keith is the head coach for the full season okay um we missed abcock wait a little bit yeah a little little uh here are some uh here are some stats okay uh, the Leafs played at a 103 point pace under Keefe. Okay, that is the eighth best record in the NHL. Um, they scored more goals. What is that in the division? What is that in the division? I, I don't know that division, but it's good. Okay. Um, they scored more goals, um, which was a 0.38 per game and allowed fewer, which was 0.39 than the Leafs under Babcock. Um, and special teams went from, like, the worst in the league to, like, one of the best in the league. And, like, near uh, when the, like, season was ending or, like, when the season went on pause in March, like, the least power play was, like, dangerous. Like, dangerous, dangerous. And so um, expected goals jumped to, like, 53.5%, um, which is really, really good in the league, okay? Um, on a power play? Yeah. Uh, um, I believe so. I don't quote me on that, but um I, I don't know that uh, I know that stuff. But anyways, Sheldon Keefe he's had the whole offseason. He has some new tools to work with. He has a new assistant coach um, who specializes on special teams, uh, Manny Maholtra. Um, he's Did had he played old... for the um, the Canadians a couple years ago. Who? Manny Malhotra? no, he played uh Canucks.
1: Okay.
0: Played for, for the Canucks. Name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and the team just loved him so much that he took on an assistant coach role when he retired. And like, I was watching interviews of this guy, man, he seems like such a down to earth, like Leafs guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's just going to fit great in the system, but anyways, um, keeps had all this time to work with, um, the general manager and the head coach, meaning Kyle Dubas and Sheld- and Sheldon Keith. They actually like, like each other and will talk to each other. Unlike Dubas and Bobcock who hated each other. Um, I'm excited for the coaching. I'm excited to see what, like, Dubas, I mean, what Keith is going to do with, you know, Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons and Jimmy Vesey and and all of these players. Uh, I think it's going to be special. Um, My second point or second reason is Mitch Marner. And I'm just going to leave that. It's just titled Mitch Marner is my second reason. is because uh, he had an awful year last year um i mean it wasn't an awful year but like by mitch marner standards by that contract standards by the leafs perception of that contract it was a bad year um you know i think he knew it uh, the team definitely knew it and i think he's gonna have an unreal year this year like he's been in the gym um working out i think he kind of was feeling that contract pressure a little bit like he got eaten alive during that contract negotiations, negotiations, like one of the most beloved Maple Leafs in a while um turned to one of the most like controversial hated players. And like he didn't handle that well. And that, you know, got into his head and he had a bad year last year. He knew it. Um, but I think he's going to be good this year, I think. Um, that's exciting. You think
1: he's a, he's a key to Lee's success this year. You
0: think his performance is, is... I think so. I think so. Like he had a, he did, he had a really disappointing uh, playoffs. um, But so did everyone except Austin Matthews. And I'm not even like saying that as like a Austin Matthews lover, which I am, but like that, like everyone had a bad playoffs. Like, like the only consistent player that showed up was Austin Matthews, the guy who had COVID two months, like two weeks before coming to training camp. Like, i don't know what happened but again i'm gonna blame it on the bubble or at least that's what my therapist tells me to do anyways um uh new additions okay i uh there's been some clips of like seeing like simmons in a leafs uniform um seen bogosian um Latin in. all these players are going to be interesting it's going to be a it's going to be a new team basically right like you know kapanen's gone janssen has gone um Nick Robertson seeing if he makes this team like we have a really really like long list of players that but you said
1: Robinson was like grinding them to, to make this
0: team. like hard bro like he didn't want to go play for the USA world junior team because he wants to make the Leafs out of camp and like what happened to Kirby Dock of that injury I think the Leafs are like thank god you didn't go mm-hmm. right but anyways um and uh that would be my third one but i have one more uh, if that's okay because i'm Mm -hmm. just a a jacked up leafs fan of course is is injuries okay Uh, i get it it's a part of the sport um i we can't blame results on injuries but like the fact of the matter is that like the leafs were decimated with injuries like riley was hurt played hurt for almost the entire season um, John Travars broke his thumb last year. Marner broke his knee, basically. I don't know. He did something to his knee. Matthews had a wrist issue. Wrist issue. Anderson had a concussion. Um, like, like, Leafs were not good last year with injuries. A lot of players out. Um, we have a backup goalie now. Thank God Michael Hutchinson is not a Toronto Maple Leaf. I mean, he is a Toronto Maple Leaf, but thank God we have um, Jack Campbell. And as long as Cody Cece and Tyson Berry never put on a Leafs uniform again... I'm okay. That's the end of the game. Right. right there, I think right? That's, I that's... think I think the Leafs are gonna do well this year, man. And I know I say that every year, but like like this season they moved a lot of players. Like I think they got better on paper. It's all about if they can get better in person. And I think they have the resources to become a really, really good team this year, especially in an all Canadian division. Like this is the year that they're gonna do well. I think. Or should yeah. do well rather.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think like as an outsider, like someone who's not, you know,
0: in the emotionally with you over emotionally there. Yeah. invested, emotionally exactly.
1: uh obsessed. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see them succeed. And I actually like seeing the moves they made and kind of the experience they're racking up, I think they're they're looking good this year. So I'm excited too.
0: All right. And so our, our last uh segment today is uh it was Jacob's idea. And um we're going to do a wish list uh, since it is uh, Christmas. Um, and this is a, a fun time of year where we ask for, for presents and, and gifts and such. But we all know, Jacob, that the true meaning of, of Christmas is, is, is family and um, friendships and relationships and, and love. But apart from that, uh, oh, we're going to do... We are, <laughs> We are gonna do a, a Raptors, a Blue Jays, and Leafs wish list, and uh, the rules are that we can wish one thing that this team could have or or, or use, or it could be a player, a, a system, whatever. Uh, one thing for the upcoming season. Uh, Jacob, I guess we'll go team by team.
1: Yeah, we'll go team by team. So we'll start with the we'll start with the Leafs since we're on that leaf train right now. Okay. Um, I think you kind of just touched on this, but I think an injury-free season for the Leafs is is probably the biggest thing that I think I would wish for them. Um They don't need to add any more players Um unless, you know, Hunter McDavid suddenly became a free agent right now and signed with the Leafs. I'd be okay with that, but You'll I don't think they need to make any... Years. He won't, but okay. I'm just saying, like, I don't think they need to add anyone else. I think they need to make more trades and reassign more free agents, and I think where they are right now, if they can gel as a team and stay healthy, that's the most important part. Right,
0: a healthy player is the best player. Sure. Um, no, I agree for sure, uh, and I think that like the depth of the team is good. Like we do have some depth role players, but like just because we spend so much money on four players, those four players not only need to produce at an extremely high rate, but they need to play. Like I, we can't afford to have John Chavares on the IR. We can't have Austin Matthews. On the IR, like we need these players to play. And I think that's a that's a great wish list or a great wish rather. Um, mine is get the get out of the first round, or like move on from the first round. Like I, it's so simple. But been a while, eh? It's been a while, and like I think it's more like, symbolic than anything, right? Like, the Leafs get to the playoffs, they have these really, really good seasons, and then they just absolutely, like, choke in, like, various ways. Like, it's not just one style of choking. Like, they're choking, um, they're letting, the they're absolutely disintegrating in the third period, or they are just letting garbage goals in, or they just don't show up for a game, like, five at Columbus. Like, and then they're forced to come back in, like, two minutes on the third period, and Matthew scores. Like, it's just, like, they are put in positions to succeed in the playoffs, but for some reason they don't and they choke and they get nervous and things like that. So I think my, just is get out of the first round, like no matter how you spin it, the Leafs took a step back last year with respect to the, the development of the team. They needed to beat Columbus. They should have beat Columbus. They could have beat Columbus and by all measures, that is a step back on terms of like becoming a cup a cup contending team. And it's so imperative that this year that not only do they a make the playoffs, but then move on a couple of rounds. It's it's integral. I don't know what will happen. Well, I know what will happen. Dubas is going to get fired, but they need to uh, they need to move on. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go Very Blue Jays. Very passionate.
1: Well done. Uh, yeah. So Blue Jays. I'm going to just name a player here, DJ LeMayhew. People will disagree with me, say like, oh, we need Trevor for We for him. We need Trust Stringer for we need him." No, DJ LeMayhew was like arguably a top 10 player in baseball. I think he 100% is. He's one of the best pure hitters in baseball. And listen to this. He's going to be a veteran presence that the team very sorely and dearly needs. And while we do have some other guys that are there, but lemayhu has been there. He's been competing. He's been on a, com- a competitive playoff team the past couple of years, and he's done his job very, very well. And people say, oh, Jacob, where's everyone going to play if Lemayhu comes? Well, let me tell you where they're going to play. Lemayhu's going to play second, okay? Bo's going to stay at short. is going to go to third. Vladdy is going to play first base or DH. Remember, there is no other way. There is no other position. That is what Vladi must do, first base or DH, okay? Preferably DH. Um so I'm just I'm really passionate about that that he needs to not play third base but getting DJ the Mayhew no matter where anyone lands is an absolute win and I think would really pay dividends for this Jays team. Not only not only would they be on the Jays team he'd be off the Yankees which is a division rival, right?
0: That is uh that's passionate as well. I like that. Good work. Yeah, thanks you too. Um my uh, my wish list or wish item for the Blue Jays is about Vadi, and I just hope that he has like a breakout season. Um, That's respectable. I think that it's so tough, right, to measure right now with them playing in Buffalo and the hype around Vadi. Like, can he live up to the expectations of v- v- what? the Jays have made him out and even himself have, have made him out to be. And we've, we've seen like, um, uh, glimmers of the player. Right. And so I think it's it really, really important, not only for like his confidence, because I think it did take a beating, uh, this past year. Um, I think it's really, really important that he has a, a breakout year. And I think that'd be the one thing I would ask for the blue Jays to have this year.
1: Yeah. That's a good one. That's a really good one, actually. Um, Raptors, Simon, what do you, uh, what do you smell
0: here? You're gonna, you're gonna be mad at me on this one. Okay. I wish the Raptors had some intangibles.
1: You're the, you're the worst.
0: That's the <laughs> worst take I've heard. Um, um, and what I mean by that is they're missing it, right? And it can mean a lot of different things um i think you know is it talent i don't know is it leadership in the dressing room i don't know because they have lowry they have you know van vliet who are both roles i just they're missing something and i i don't know what it is at this moment but when i'm watching this team they're missing something and i think maybe it doesn't have to do with talent maybe it does i i don't i don't know so that's why i'm chalking it up to intangibles but i just wish that there was more i just don't think this team has it um and that's kind of the best explanation that that i can give do you kind of agree with me on that one Yeah, that's definitely
1: fair. Like, I don't know if they've lost a lot of it, but there's something missing in their place so far this year. And maybe it's just playing in Orlando or Tampa right now, and that's throwing them off. But who knows? Who knows what it is? And they're definitely missing something. So if they get those intangibles back that we've talked so extensively about, maybe they'll be back. But um, my wish is for, I already talked about this a little bit, but Pascal Siakam to just produce what we expect him to produce. And I think, it's a lot to ask for um and it may be a little unfair but i think he's kind of in that position right now where we kind of need like 25 points a game from him on like decent shooting we don't need 25 points a game on him shooting six for 25. like we need him to just be efficient to make smart plays and to to score the basketball consistently and when we need him to And that's just it like i think if he can start taking off the other guys will start picking up on that and we'll start being okay but Until uh, he's still giving us like 15 to 20 points a game. Like that's good, but that's not what we need from him. We need that step up, right? We need that step up. So all good teams. Like they have those guys. You want to look at all the top teams right now. Look at LeBron James, right? Look at the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard. Look Look at at James Harden, uh, right? Yeah. I was going to give a take on him today, but that's okay. Well, we'll save him for next time to see if a little more stuff develops, but you know, there's going to be more stuff and 17, 44 points and 17 assists yesterday.
0: He, there's gonna be more stuff. Forty-four points Sunday, and so 70 assists. There'll be, assists. Something. There'll be something. There'll be Whatever something.
1: Whatever he wants to do off the court, we're not gonna judge him because he's gonna come in the court. Yeah, you're just and gonna throw that quote on your Instagram games. story, eh? Just yeah, a, that's important. That's important? important. It's important. It's important. All right. Let us get
0: Not for the young fans who are watching this player, just absolutely it. Just ignore it what he does.
1: The, <laughs> just ignore what he does off the court. Off of the court. Acknowledge what he does on the court. Also, another thing I want to quickly add. The media, I believe, is making him out to be such a much worse person and, and in such a worse situation than it actually is. I think he's requested a trade. I don't think he hates the Rockets. I don't think he hates his teammates. I just think he's looking for something new and he's open to that. But at the same time, he's still out there giving them forty four points and seventeen assists. Okay,
0: he's we'll he's see. not like he's we'll throwing. We'll see what the happens season. next. We'll we'll see what happens next uh, by next Sunday. We will. Oh, we will. Um. All right, guys. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Um, we will be back at it next uh, Sunday uh, or next Monday when we when we release the pod. But one last thing before I let go, Jacob, did you know that the Brooklyn Nets are a good basketball team this year? Yeah, yeah I, I have told it, you that. I didn't, I it's I like
1: I almost told you that two episodes ago. And if you guys want to look, there's receipts. Is there? Jacob is there, said right? the Nets are top two. So, all right, guys. Merry Christmas.
0: Um, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week i <laughs>